Will we ever see Lonzo Ball playing in the NBA again? More Bulls pain coming your way. Anonymous, the safe place where Bulls fans can share their pain. On today's episode, I'd like to talk about Lonzo Ball, get a kind of an overview of his career before coming to the Bulls, his signing, the first 35 games that he played, uh, his injury, the series of surgeries that he's had, kind of a timeline of of what that looks like. Uh, Take a guess as to what his future looks like, also what the team's future looks like. So overall, kind of a kind of a sad episode. I mean, just getting ready for for with all this information made me really really sad. There's a meme with Wolverine kind of looking at a picture being sad. I felt like that was me looking at Alonzo Ball picture. I mean, the impact that the guy had on the team is just it's it's crazy. He was he's undeniably good, and losing him pretty much. Anybody that watches the Bulls can tell what the impact of his loss was on the team. He he played for UCLA. He was he was one of the top players in the country at the time, if not the top player. And he was very hyped coming into the league. Obviously, his dad was doing a lot of talking too. You would you would think that there was no better player in the world than Lonzo Ball. I mean, he was definitely good. Um, but he got drafted to the Lakers. Not an optimal situation for him to kind of develop. A lot of young guys. He was expected to carry a, a, a huge load. Also, a lot of expectations probably didn't fulfill them while he was playing for the Lakers. So LeBron James comes. Lonzo Ball gets traded uh, to the New Orleans Hornets. He, Looking at his stats, he actually... He never really played a full season during his career in the NBA. The first, so he got trapped in 2017, and the first season he only played 52 games, and then 47 games, and then 63, 55. Obviously, 2019, 2020 was shortened by the COVID, but nonetheless, he, he from the very beginning, he didn't really, he wasn't as healthy or at least he was a little more fragile than than most players. Um, so that's kind of a red flag coming on the team. I, I was a little concerned about his health, especially looking at Bulls history with point guards and injuries. You know, Jay Williams, obviously that was a freak accident, but Derrick Rose, another one. I just didn't want to get my hopes and dreams crushed again by investing in a guy who's good, and then all of a sudden we lose him. Well, that happened but anyway he he had to kind of he had this weird release on his three-point shot and even though he was making him a lot in college when he got to the NBA he wasn't necessarily a good three-point shooter so he had to work on his shot a lot and the first couple years with the Lakers you can tell that he was in the process of restructuring his release his shooting motion and his shooting percentage was 30, 32%. So he wasn't a very good 
three-point shooter. Points per game, not a whole lot, kind of between 10 and 9 points per game. He he didn't look good. He didn't look like the type of player that coming out of UCLA was supposed to kind of take the NBA by storm. So they traded him. Uh, obviously, this was a time when Anthony Davis wanted out of New Orleans and LeBron James wanted to get AD. So Lonzo Ball was included in that package. He goes to New Orleans where expectations aren't as high. At this point, I think a lot of people had kind of labeled him a bust. So it seemed like the pressure was off of him. And he was able to find himself or find his game in the NBA a little bit better, which which is obviously good. And his three-point percentage improved and his shot got a little bit better he was able to establish himself kind of as like a general, as a floor general on that team, being the starting point guard. But again, didn't play all the games. He was he he went through various injuries throughout the seasons. So come two thousand summer of two thousand twenty one, this is obviously when he signs with the Bulls. He was acquired in a sign and trade from New Orleans, and he signed a four year. million contract and when he got signed I personally was very excited just because he seemed like he seemed like the type of guy that could really push the tempo and in today's NBA it seems like you catch a lot of guys off guard and it's just more of a modern basketball it's like when Thibs left and they hired Fred Hoiberg that's kind of the the type of basketball and the tempo that the Bulls wanted to play with, but it just never materialized. And that's kind of one of the reasons I, I believe that, that at the time Jimmy Butler was traded. So now when we did get Lonzo Ball, you know, you watch all the highlights of his outlet passes. The guy is like, he's like a Patrick Mahomes back at the, uh, at the baseline as soon as he gets the rebound. So that was cool. I was very excited about that. Not sure about the money that he was getting, but at the time, just because he was a little unproven, you know, but at the time, a lot of players that were undeserving, probably more, less deserving than Zoe were getting that type of money. So it wasn't necessarily a, uh, too much of a concern there for me personally. So he gets to the Bulls, you know, that same summer, they get DeMar DeRozan, from the Spurs, just a complete overhaul of of the roster. The only guys that stayed are Zach Levine, Kobe White, and obviously Nikola Vucevic uh, being acquired at the trade deadline the previous season. So overall, it seemed like there were a lot of pieces. Nobody knew how they would work. All the analysts, NBA analysts, were saying this is a poorly constructed team. And in retrospect, it is. You know, who are we kidding? Um, but Lonzo Ball, he seemed like the type of guy that would kind of make the whole thing go. And that's exactly how it was. So the first 35 games with the Bulls, I'm not sure. I mean, if if anybody wants to kind of double check what the team looked like, take a look at some of the highlights, especially for Lonzo Ball for those 35 games. I mean, the guy... <sighs> 
he, he's exactly what the Bulls are missing right now. He's he's the guy that can set other people up, and kind of push the as soon as he gets the rebound, push the fast break, and you get Zach Levine, Javante Green, Kobe White on the fast break and get an outlet pass from Lonzo with the easy finish. He's exactly and, and three point shooting. He overall he became the best three point weapon that we had. He was taking a little bit over seven attempts per game and making three of them so exactly what the bulls with with those seven attempts they would they would automatically get launched into the top 20 teams in terms of three-point attempts instead of the very last very bottom team um, for attempted three points per game so exactly what we need he was bringing it to the table and he uh, he was getting rebounds. He was getting assists. He was he was a great defender. He could defend one through four, uh, getting into the passing lane, getting his hands out there. Everything that the Bulls need, Lonzo brought it to the table. Now, looking at the highlights, it's it's incredible how different of a team the Bulls were with him as the starting point guard. I mean, he he had or he still has probably. Uh, very high basketball IQ. He has a great feel for the game. He has a lot of rhythm when he plays. Uh, he pushes the pace. He has this. He kind of has this like swag about him when he plays. Like when he makes some three point shots or he makes a basket, he does this. He just shows a little bit of swagger, and, and all the guys feed off of that. Um, he has these super quick passes just because he's able to see things as they develop and figure out what his player is going to be and get the ball at the fastest speed possible to that spot. He His shot was looking a lot better. He had a quick release. He made quick decisions with the ball. Uh, amazing dribbling and ball control. It just seemed like that ball was like... Uh, it was like a dog on a leash, and he was able to control it. Just when it was in his hands, and it left his hands, you could tell that the ball was going exactly where he wanted it to go. It's just that type of stuff is just kind of contagious to play with. All the guys, like I said, were feeding off of that and just just having fun. You know, looking at the Bulls, the the this past season, especially the second half of the season, even the first, it just it didn't look like they were having fun. They were just there almost like doing time, you know? But everyone was getting involved when he was playing. Everyone was getting the piece of the ball. His defense, obviously, was great. Um, Just overall fun to watch. Um, Also, keep in mind that he was very young at the time. He's still very young. He has has some time to to kind of come back and do maybe like a Sean Livingston type of return into the NBA. So he still has time to do that. so there was a lot of room for improvement. I don't think Lonzo Ball had reached the ceiling. Um, he was, I think he was hyped for a reason coming out of college, just didn't develop as quickly as everybody would have liked him to develop, which is fine. Again, he's still, he spent one year in college, so he still had a lot of time. He's not, he's not a superstar player, but he's definitely, he was the QB or kind of the captain of the team, I believe. Like when back when Luol Deng was always talked about, like he's the glue of the team. Well, Lonzo Ball 
is also the glue because he was doing a little bit of everything. And all the little gaps that were left over from the rest of the guys, Lonzo Ball was filling those ga gaps up. So he was probably, arguably, I mean, I don't know who else would be the most valuable player to this team because if Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan are missing, if you still have if you still have Vooch or, you know, one of those two guys and Lonzo, I still think that they have a pretty good chance just because he, those guys are going to get to their spots and Lonzo is going to be able to see them and, and get them the ball. So losing Lonzo, definitely, definitely a sad story for, for all Bulls fans and for the NBA just because he was just kind of coming into his own and starting to look like a real, like the player that he was supposed to be, even if he's not a superstar, the player that he's supposed to be. So everything's going great. Bulls are doing great. They're first in the Eastern Conference. Warriors are first in the Western Conference. And let me take you to January 14th, 2022. Uh, Zach Levine gets injured during the game. He, he comes out of the game. He's scheduled for an MRI the next day and, and all. This is kind of the headline for the Bulls. We get crushed by by the Warriors. They come into the United Center and they crush us, which was I I was expecting it just because Warriors were they were kind of they were still a top dog at the time. I mean, they still are in the league, but the year before that they won the championship. So there was, you know, they were a force to be reckoned with. They get crushed. And then towards the end of the game, kind of in the middle of the fourth quarter, Lonzo Ball comes out of the game. He's he's not looking too good. He's kind of wincing. And nobody really talks about Lonzo. The headline there is Zach Levine got to get an MRI. I think it was some kind of a knee contusion. And no one suspected what was going to happen after that. Uh, a week later, turns out Lonzo Ball needs surgery to repair a torn meniscus. With the surgery, after the surgery, the timeline for his return is this kind of running joke, too, is six to eight weeks. So six to eight weeks, six weeks expire, eight weeks expire. And come March, Lonzo Ball is still experiencing pain in his knee. He's not able to do the things he wants to do. His rehab isn't going well. He's still experiencing a lot of pain. I was hopeful that he would somehow miraculously return because this is when the Bulls were, you know, this was, it, it, there was still a lot of residual COVID stuff going on and guys were in and out of the lineup. We couldn't really get the type of rhythm that we wanted to. I think, um, I mean, I follow other teams in the NBA too, not as closely, but I think the Bulls were probably the most decimated by all types of injuries and, and COVID uh, protocols that players just, we, we can never get all the guys together like we did in the beginning of the season. And so we were kind of slumping. So from first, we ended up in sixth place uh, at the end of the season. Come April, Lonzo Ball officially shut down for the season. Now, we all know what happens. You know, Bulls, we end up facing Milwaukee in the playoffs. We steal a game. An incredible game two performance by the Bulls, but no surprise there. We end up just getting beat by the Milwaukee Bucks in five games, and this is how the Bulls season ends. Now, Lonzo, he, we still don't have like a clear, uh, 
I guess, prognosis of his return, what the hell is going on, and everybody's just guessing. So come summertime, there's still some pain in his knee. Uh, very slow progress. He he hasn't really given any official statements. The Bulls haven't really given any official statements. And just something along the lines of he's not progressing as, as quickly as we want him to. And summer's over. Come September, he's going in for another surgery, which is, again, due to the pain that he's experiencing. He's getting some type of a debridement uh, on his knee where the lesion was, where the initial lesion was. And that automatically tells you, because some people were, were saying, you know, the, the injury is more serious than than what a lot of fans think or what the Bulls are kind of letting us on to believe. I personally, <laughs> I didn't want to believe it, but I could totally see it happening just because of the way the whole Derrick Rose thing was handled. They were just, there's just too much, they're too secretive. They tried to kind of, I don't know if it's like to surprise everybody or, or their opponents, they can't get ready for them or what the hell it is. But they, there's just, or there, maybe there's like a disagreement. I, there was something about LeVar Ball saying that the Bulls mishandled the way that the uh, that Lonzo's injury recovery is, is handled. So, I don't know what it was, but there was definitely some discord there between everybody, especially between organization and fans, because we just couldn't get a clear picture of what's going on. Now, also, there was some doctors that were saying they've never seen an injury like this before, this, the injury that Lonzo Ball has. So they're puzzled as to what's going on, too. They don't know what the future holds and he gets the debridement procedure. At this point, they're saying he might return sometime around the All-Star break. But again, at this point, there's a lot of rumblings around some fans that a lot of people called, you know, just being negative and pessimistic, that he might not play again, at least as a bull. So he gets the debridement procedure. All-star break comes, still Lonzo Ball can't do the basic things that you need to do. I'm pretty sure he wasn't, he couldn't even do the daily activities that every normal person does, which is walking upstairs, running, uh, and so on, without experiencing some type of pain. So at, at this point, we're just at, at the mercy of the basketball gods, I guess you can say, but I personally, I gave up any hope that Lonzo Ball would be back as a bull at this point. Um, so all-star break passes, Lonzo Ball still not back, officially shut down for the season, and that's pretty much it. Now, come March 20th, he's he's scheduled for a cartilage transplant surgery, which Billy Donovan says is his best chance to play basketball again which is it's a very it's a very serious situation again not everybody knows exactly what's going on there's some conspiracy theories as to what Lavar Ball has put him through kind of throughout the years or that his um, big baller brand 
basketball shoes or big baller basketball, big baller brand. I'm not sure what it was. He, remember when he came into the league, he launched his own brand, which was BBB. And some players were saying that it, like at halftime, he would have to switch his shoes just because they were very uncomfortable. He, uh, apparently or allegedly, LeVar Ball was doing some type of like bone stretching exercises of of the Ball brothers when they were young. So there's some speculation as to maybe if he did do that, if, if he somehow had caused uh, potential damage to the knee that that is just now surfacing. Also, there is a lot of questions as to whether Lakers or maybe New Orleans knew about this injury and they just didn't say anything when they shipped them out. And just very messy situation. Again, I'm not sure... I'm not sure if the Bulls didn't handle it properly or if they really just didn't have the information that you need to say with certainty, this is the diagnosis, this is what the uh, rehab is going to look like, this is what the time frame is going to look like for his return and so on. Um, But very sad because without Lonzo Ball, we don't have a point guard. And again, going back to history of the Bulls, uh, Jay Williams get drafted, gets drafted as one of the best players in the country. Comes to the Bulls, he has that that like freak motorcycle motorcycle accident, and he he doesn't play again. Then Derrick Rose comes, uh, almost the same type of player, just attacking the basket. We got a couple years out of Derrick Rose at least, just to watch how great he was. Injures his knee, rest is history. Everybody's kind of familiar with it. And now Lonzo Ball. I'm not sure what type of curse this is or even if it is a curse. I don't know, man. I don't think we deserve it. We're, we're the obviously based on what attendance looks like throughout the league. We're the most loyal fan base. I mean, I bleed bulls uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure all of Sea Red Nation does, even though we, there might be some disagreements as to, for example, you know, should we trade Demar or should we trade Zach, whatever. At the end of the day, man, I think we're the most loyal fan base and having to suffer through all these years without winning anything and or or being relevant except for that small window when Derrick Rose was playing and Jimmy Butler was playing. It's kind of sad, man. I mean, I think a lot of people would just have been, uh, you know, turned off of basketball for the time being. But... Uh, again, uh, just another point guard that's been decimated by injuries here in Chicago. The the legend just continues to write itself, and it's very unfortunate because I don't think we deserve this at all. The surgery itself, the cartilage transplant surgery, I, I watched a few videos on it just purely out of curiosity what that looks like. It seems like a very invasive surgery. So what they do is they take some cartilage from a bone somewhere within Lonzo's body and they cut a piece of the of the bone with the cartilage where where the damage is and they just replace it with fresh new cartilage. Now, I don't know about you, but to me that sounds very very invasive. It's not the same as an arthroscopic surgery where they just poke a couple of holes, one for the camera, one for the instrument. They do a little bit of scraping, a little bit of cutting maybe, and, you know, seal it back up and that's it. I mean, they, again, if 
if you're curious to see what that looks like and you're not too grossed out, um, there's there's a few good videos. One of them actually is is this guy called Brian Sutterer, MD, and he does a video specifically for Alonzo Ball. He he gives an explanation of what the surgery might look like with some cool graphics, what his knee joint might look like. Check it out. It's called Is Lonzo Ball's Career Over? Doctor Explains Cartilage Transplant. Pretty cool, pretty informative. I thought for myself, I I was able to visualize uh, what it what it looks like. So there's not a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of players um, that, have come back from that type of injury or that type of surgery. Uh, I th- I think he's, if he comes back to play in the NBA, it's not going to be at least for another two years. Just because, so he's missed two seasons of playing time. And I, I mean, he hasn't even sniffed uh, a basketball practice just because he can't do the regular things that he, that a, that a normal person like you and me do without experiencing pain, let alone have some type of structured workout that involves the stuff that you need to do to be a great basketball player. So two years missed, he's probably out of shape or not in the shape, they're not in top shape. He he has to go through rehab, he has to do the recovery for the surgery, all this time just adds up. And again, the the type of surgery that the, the that it is, it's very invasive. So you're getting a, a piece of bone and cartilage from another place and you're placing it in, in his knee and you're expecting for this new piece to integrate within this bone. And this might take time depending on the, the speed with which his body heals, with which his the cells in his knee kind of take in that new piece. It, it all there's a lot of variables that are even out of his control. I mean, sure, he could be the most determined guy when it comes to his rehab and getting back on the court. But if if it's not integrating this new piece the way that it's supposed to within the knee joint, there's nothing that he can do except for weight. And considering all this, I don't think we're ever going to see him play as a Chicago Bull again. And just recently, I saw somewhere on Twitter, there was a, it's so weird how they do this. The Bulls organization secretly believes that Alonzo Ball will never play basketball again. And I I mean, how secret is it? Who did you tell that leaked it to the press, you know, to Shams or or Woj, <laughs> where, where you, t- you say, hey, man, I secretly think Lonzo Ball isn't playing. Don't tell anyone. And then this person goes and tells, you know, I'm not sure if they're probing somehow to see what other organizations are going to say or think or, you know, I, I don't know. Or or maybe they told the wrong person and then they went out and told everybody so the Bulls can lose leverage because now they're going to be trying to get rid of everybody. I don't know what their game is, man, but they play their cards super weird. And again, they don't release enough information for where the fans can can say can kind of get a long-term view of what the hell's going on. Um, but anyway, that's just kind of what we've been accustomed to here with the Chicago Bulls throughout the past decade. 
this is another reason why I think, I still think John Paxson has a hand in what's going on, and he pulls a lot of the strings. So mark my words, it's going to come out one day that John Paxson is still running the show just behind the scenes. But anyway, what do we do? We don't have a point guard. Uh, Patrick Beverly, the point guard, the, the only... He's not even a true point guard. The point guard, the starting point guard that we had, let's put it this way, he's leaving. Alex Caruso, he's not exactly the type of guy that you insert in your starting five as a point guard. Kobe White, he has a player out, or I'm sorry, he's going to be a restricted free agent, and Bulls are willing to match any offer that he receives. I don't know where they're going to find the money to to pay him because he's probably going to be looking to get pretty good amount of money that the Bulls just don't have so who who's going to be our point guard we're about to have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan as our primary ball handlers once again and this is not a good thing so going around the league what are some of the free agents or or players that might leave their current teams uh we have James Harden who has a player option I don't think he's going to be leaving Philadelphia especially not to come to the Bulls and I personally don't want James Harden because he hasn't proven anything in the playoffs especially when the series is on the line he's he's kind of not done so well in critical moments he and he's not getting any younger he's not getting in better shape I don't I personally wouldn't take James Harden especially if he's looking to get paid kind of as he winds his career down. Uh, but I don't think he's leaving Philadelphia. I think there was some some rumors about him wanting to go back to Houston. I personally think that he's just trying to get some leverage in contract negotiations, and there's no way that he's going to be going back to Houston. He's staying. I think he's staying in Philadelphia. He's just going to look for uh, a contract to finish off the rest of his career. Kyrie Irving, he's going to be a free agent. No, I don't want him on the Bulls. That's like the last thing that we need. A polarizing guy who has a lot of these like off-court dramas that the Bulls just don't need. Because that's that's like the only thing that we don't have. The only negative thing that we don't have right now is just this off-court drama. Because all the guys are nice. We don't really have a guy with a killer instinct. Sure, we don't have like a true leader fine but you bring Kyrie Irving in and wherever this guy goes be he just leaves ruins behind him on all the teams except for Boston I guess but Boston just became better after he left but whatever not a fan of Kyrie Irving's game anyway Uh, not my thing but he's definitely better than Patrick Beverly or Alex Caruso as your starting point guard whatever Fred Van Vliet, he's not really a pure point guard. Uh, he does shoot a lot of threes, though. He could probably set some guys up. I could, I could maybe, uh, I could maybe take a chance on him. But he, another guy that that's going to be looking to get paid, and he's undersized, not a very good defender, not a good fit for our team. D'Angelo Russell, another guy that just kind of folds under pressure has had a history of off-the-court dramas. I don't know. Not not for me. Russell Westbrook, I could 
I could probably give Russ a chance, but he's not he's not a great shooter, and that's what we need. Not a great defender, that's what we need. And he could set the rest of the guys up if he accepts kind of a uh, a facilitator role, which I'm not sure if he was really good at it a few years ago or if he was just stat padding. Um, but kind of a risky investment if you were to go with Russell Westbrook. Gabe Vincent, he's going to the finals. Not exactly a huge role that he's playing on Miami, kind of a role player, nothing to kind of, you know, wow you. Uh, so Gabe Vincent doesn't really stand out to me. Dennis Schroeder, more of an attacker, not exactly a guy who, who facilitates. We already got two guys. And this is, again, this is considering they, they keep mostly the same guys. So I'm, I'm going off of what our current roster looks like if we were to insert any of these guys in there, see how they fit. To me, Dennis Schroeder is not a good fit. Trey Jones, uh, Ayo DeSumo, he's going to be a free agent. I'm not, like I said last time, I'm not willing to do whatever it takes to re-sign Ayo DeSumo. Uh, and that's pretty much it. There's Dennis Smith, who, who might have some potential, but... I think I don't think his his ceiling is is very high. Any other interesting names that we can kind of take a look at? Just not not there. There was a discussion about whether the Bulls should re-sign Derrick Rose as he's kind of getting ready to retire. I guess, um, man, it's a, it's a tough tough situation. I guess. I love Derrick Rose. I still like him. Uh, I still sometimes cry myself to sleep when I think about uh, that injury that he had in the playoffs against Philly in 2012. Um, I would like for him to retire as a bull. I mean, I don't know how much it means to these guys. To me, it's just whatever. So what he played, he got signed to a one-day contract, retired as a bull, whatever. Plus, I'm not sure that he's in. he had the best of relationship with the front office. But anyway... Sure, bring him in. I don't really see him playing a significant role on our team. He's not a great shooter. Uh, so a lot of people are saying, yeah, sign him. I'm okay with signing him if he takes like some kind of a, uh, if we get him on the cheap. But I don't see him playing a significant role, especially considering he's still kind of on the court, off the court, not as consistent as of a player as we need. So... Sure, Derrick Rose, sign him, but I wouldn't really expect him to do anything of significance to help this this team um, thrive. And that's pretty much it. That's your that's what the free agent class of point guards looks like this summer. And there's nothing that catches your eye. There's nothing that you, even with the guy, even with James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Eh, not the greatest of fits with the guys that we have right now. I don't know what they're what they're gonna do. We don't we don't have our pick in this year's draft. Sure, maybe we can hook up with Portland for a trade. I don't think that's gonna happen. <sighs> tough tough spot to be in. Uh, we're we're a middle of the pack team actually kind of towards the bottom of the middle, borderline bottom of the pack team. Don't have the young talent 
We have a lot of guys that are up for re-signings. Uh, we're stuck with the Zach Levine contract. Zach Levine, you know, sure, he's he's a good player. I just think he's a good scorer, and that's about it. And he, he doesn't have the highest of basketball IQs. He's not a good defender. He doesn't, to me, he didn't deserve the money that he got paid. But that's just my opinion. There was an interesting question that was posed about Derrick Rose. Somebody asked if Derrick Rose is actually overrated because Bulls fans still talk about him like he was this, um, you know, this great player or whatever. Let me tell you something. Derrick Rose, when he got the MVP award, people are still saying that LeBron James should have gotten it. Derrick Rose didn't have Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh on his team. And they were still number one in the league. Um, I, I think maybe in the East. I'm not sure about in the league. But they were they were a top team in the league. And at the time, Derrick Rose was a top three player in the world. In the world, he was that good. The the type of game that he had, the explosiveness that he had, the way he carried the team on his back when they needed him to, the type of moves that he had, the speed that he had, the quickness, the dribbling. Man, he's one of the few players that when he when he grabbed the ball as a fan, I felt the electricity sitting in my living room watching the TV. I mean, Derrick Rose was that good. I think if anybody asks that type of question, was Derrick Rose uh, overrated? Obviously, hasn't watched Derrick Rose play because when he was healthy and when he was playing, he just had this. He had this explosiveness and this excitement about him, and he was just he was that good. If he was a little bit taller, he would have been the same caliber player as LeBron James. And especially when he started to develop his three-point shot a little bit more, the guy was just unstoppable. He was the only player that could stop him was LeBron James just because he was taller. But Rose was faster and quicker than him, more explosive than him. LeBron James was just big. You know, if Derrick Rose was as big as LeBron James, he might have even been better than LeBron. So to ask that type of question, if if Derrick Rose is is overrated, Again, to me, just says that you haven't, you didn't watch the Bulls when Derrick Rose was playing, and he was he was playing good before his first injury. I think a more appropriate, um, I guess, more appropriate way to frame it would be Derrick Rose is a player of unrealized potential. But to call him overrated, man, people forget how good he was. He was a top three player in the world with LeBron and KD. He was better. He was better than Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook folded when he played um, Derrick Rose, and there were guys that apparently faked injuries when they knew that they were playing Derrick Rose. He was good, man. And and I get I get mad if <laughs> anytime this discussion comes up, whether whether LeBron should have won the MVP or whether Derrick Rose was overrated, and why do people like Derrick Rose? If you ask that question, it just tells me that you haven't watched him play. And plus, Derrick Rose was much more valuable to the Bulls team than LeBron James was to that super team in Miami. So get out of here with that. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to leave you with that. 
as I go and pretend like the Bulls are actually going to be good next year or that they're actually going to do something impactful this offseason. And um, I'm going to go cry a little more about Lonzo Ball. So with all that said, I feel your pain, Bulls Nation. Until next time.